Hey, movie fans, and welcome back to another episode of the Uncharted Media Podcast. This is episode 223. Uh, the Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 was a beautiful send-off to these characters that James Gunn kind of put new life into and also put new life into the MCU on more than one occasion. Now, Marvel's desperately going to be missing him and his talents, I strongly believe. Uh, but this week, we're going to look at other great examples of send-offs in movies of characters bidding their goodbyes it could be either to a permanent end or it could just be they're written off into the sunset but this is characters getting send their proper send-offs in the best possible way one character we'll talk about i think actually had two good send-offs but we'll we'll talk about that when we get there uh but josh how you doing tonight you you alive? I am, I am alive, my friend. Uh, yeah, I don't want to get too into it on the podcast. Obviously, um, I don't want to drag my workplace through the weeds on the internet. But like, golly, man, it was this weekend was rough, very very rough. Uh, yeah, so I'm just happy to be here. We are we're alive. I've got coffee, and it's 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 like six thirty my time, and I'm drinking coffee. So that, that that's how my my week's been. Um, uh, I've been watching and actually reading a lot lately. Not as much as hey! I have on other weekends, but um, it was it was a horror double feature for me this past week as I watch on Paramount Plus Scream Six, the new Scream movie, because my grand tradition of all screen movies I'll watch eventually. I just don't care enough to yeah, see them in yeah. theaters. Uh, I didn't like Five Cream slash Scream 5 all that much. <laughs> I, I will never not call it Five Cream, just like I will never actually call it anything other than Mithrigan. Like, I know it's yeah. called Megan, but it's, it's yeah. Mithrigan. I didn't actually like Five Cream that much. It was just kind of whatever. It wasn't bad. Just not as smart and clever as it thinks it was. Yeah. Scream 6, on the other hand, is actually very clever writing with some characters that I actually like. It kind of, I don't want to say fixes, but greatly improves some characters that I really didn't like from the first one, from the first of these new ones, so Scream 5. Um, it drastically improves them to the point of going, ah, okay, if you're a new cast, I, I can get emotionally attached to you guys now. Um, still not my favorite. I think Scream 4. I still really like Scream 4, but how they use Kirby from Scream 4 is great. The characters are enjoyable. If I do have some minor nitpicks, it's any scene with stabbings, turn that volume down. Oh my gosh. This, the, the knife sound effects were so ridiculously <laughs> over the top. I'm just like, they're getting stabbed, not shotgunned in the chest. Like, good Lord. Uh, also, this happens on more than one occasion of a character will be stabbed repeatedly, like probably double digit times. This is more than one character, and yet we get, like, a full-on Monty Python, I'm still alive! It's just a flesh wound! I'm like, y'all, if you did that to one character, I would think it'd be a little ridiculous, but the fact that you did it for multiple, death means nothing in this franchise anymore, unless you literally see someone's head. Well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, there are some decapitations this time around, so that's pretty definitive. Uh, it's definitely the goriest of all the screen movies I've seen, and it was entertaining. Uh but on the complete opposite end of gory into just what the heck did I just watch? I watched the original Wicker Man starring Christopher Lee. Oh, wow. Yeah. Just like, I want to do, my, do yeah. my horror homework here. 
preface this by saying I unabashedly love the Nicolas Cage one, but for all the wrong reasons. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. It's so perfect <laughs> at being bad. It makes it great again. Um, Wicker Man, on the other hand, it's it very much is like the predecessor to a Midsommar type of movie of a nice. cop goes to this island and insists my like white dude judeo-christian english background is the way to go and it's the only way and since you're not abiding by my worldview you're all evil i mean they, they are evil but <laughs> that's besides the point <laughs> yeah it was, it was weird it was trippy there's some stuff i'm just like what this is clearly made in a different time this is weird like just really weird trippiness not necessarily horror like scary but just weird choices uh but i'd still recommend it i think you would be curious enough about it. i don't know if you would love it as much as you love the nicholas cage version but... yeah but to be like you said to be fair the love we we have for the nicholas cage wicker man is very very different from like actually loving a movie uh i feel you though that's cool though that you saw you went and watched the first one i've never thought about doing that uh and then lastly i read something uh Every once in a while, and I need to do this more often because it is really great, I pull up my DC Infinite app and see all the comics I can read. Uh, and so I was like, you know what? I need to read the new Supergirl one that they advertised when they talked about the upcoming yeah. DC slate. Supergirl Woman of Tomorrow, I believe is what it's called. I don't know what I was expecting from the story, but this wasn't it. And that's not a bad thing at all. I... It is very much a self-contained Supergirl story, but a still really, really well-told one. So, have you read any of it yet, Josh? Not yet. I am still making my way through the Revenant, and I I promised myself once I, I'm I'm gonna if I do a comic, I got to read a book right after it. I can't just go. All right, cool. I'm gonna go read eight com eight eight volumes of comics and then so. But I haven't got to it yet. I'm almost done the revenant and once i get done that i'll, I'll read uh supergirl woman of tomorrow so i'll give you the, just the broad sense of what it is then of um it is much more cosmic than i was anticipating like it is very intergalactic uh so the broad, the broad like this is more or less this setup within the very first issue um there's this alien girl that her father is killed by this evil warlord and whatnot. And so she's trying to find a warrior to find and hunt down this man that killed her dad. A la nice. tr true grit style. And so she comes along and meets drunk off her skull Supergirl who is just trying to celebrate her 21st birthday. And then some shenanigans happens and she reluctantly agrees. And that's the story that you need to know i'm going so, so it's supergirl but with true grit got it <laughs> it's not the direction i would have gone with at all or what i was expecting the story to be but dude it's so and enjoyable it's just because it's supergirl still very much got that just very human and 21st mm -hmm. century dialogue where everyone else just kind of spouts off this log long hard sci-fi diatribe also supergirl swears a lot more than you'd expect, but I'm going, yeah, she is a 21 year old kid. So, <laughs> yes. um, yeah, yes. I, it, as I'm reading this, I'm like, <laughs> Oh, Josh, Josh is going to love this. <laughs> That's good to know. I, I can't, I'm 
part of me like is holding it off just because I know I'm going to enjoy it. Uh, so yeah, I, I'll I'll get to it here pretty soon. I'm uh, Revenant is I'm gonna pump. The, hopefully, I'm gonna finish that this week because golly, there is. Uh, I guess so. Stuff I've been watching this week. I uh, ha- am still trudging through Adventure Time. It's been taking me a while just because like I only do like a couple episodes every now and then, um, just because of work schedule and stuff like that. Uh, but I say that, and then I'm gonna follow this up with uh, one of my coworkers gave me his cr- Crunchyroll login, and so I've been catching up with a bunch of anime that I've been missing. Uh, finally caught up. Just finished up uh, getting caught up on Demon Slayer today, and then watched uh, Jujutsu Kaisen Zero. Yes, a couple. Of- couple days ago like i i'm finally getting caught up on 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 quite a bit of stuff uh and then i i was re-watching the other reason i haven't gotten to adventure time i was re-watching uh vision season two uh because i just loved it and uh there's there's a lot of stuff i even like you i think would love even not somebody who's not that big of a fan of anime um i respect the art style yeah yeah yeah. so they do this season i don't know i don't know if you're aware of this they do two two claymation style episodes which is like ah. super cool because i i know how long those those take so it was like that those had to be in development like during season one there's no way like it's they're and they're very very well done but as it is sometimes my dad happened and my dad and mom happened to be sitting there in the living room while i was while i was watching it and my dad like they it would end and then it would go and be something completely different from the next episode. They they were like, "Wait, so they just do something different every single episode?" And I was like, "Yeah." And my mom was like, "That's really cool." I was like, "Yeah, yeah." Animation is. is an actual medium, people. Uh, yes, it is. Oh man, uh, which that interview you sent me with James Gunn gave me such life when he was like, "Animation is just such a great medium for storytelling." I was like, "Yes, it is, James. Which, yes, it is." <laughs> given James Gunn's attitude towards it, I actually fully believe that we'll get Guillermo del Toro to direct the DC project because del Toro oh, very yeah. much shares that same mentality of animation is a legit medium. Um, yeah. Before we get into news topics, we'll do like a quick like side tangent of a bunch of little mini news that is like not worthy of a full fledged topic, but are worth interesting nonetheless. Like a couple hours before <laughs> yes. um, we hit record for this podcast, our two interests collided with wrestling and movies because um, mm-hmm. y'all another WWE superstar is trying their hand at acting and is. A hundred percent not who I thought it would be by any stretch of the imagination for multiple reasons that I'll get into here. Uh, multiple time world champ and honestly one of the best performers in the ring, despite the fact that he looks like a giant douchebag every single time. Uh, Seth Rollins is going to be a, what appears to be a member of the Serpent Society in Captain America New World Order. So <laughs> I was genuinely shocked by this because yeah, one... Certain wrestlers make the the leap to acting. The Rock um, has had mild success with it. Uh, don't, tons of financial success. Quality, hit or miss. Uh, John Cena, Batista, to a lesser extent, Triple H, Seth Rollins' mentor. Uh, but I never got the sense that Seth was actually interested in doing movies. He seems pretty ride or die with wrestling. It was always his wife, Becky mm-hmm. Lynch, that definitely seemed like she was interested in movies. And I'll be honest, if there's somebody that I have personally earmarked and said that once they are done with wrestling, they're going to the movies. It's going to be Roman Reigns. Once he drops that title, he's going to Hollywood. Um, Mm -hmm. But Seth, it's interesting that he's going to be in movies, but more specifically for those that don't follow wrestling, you're probably tuned out a while ago, but 
Usually when a wrestler is doing a movie, they either do an angle to take them off TV for a while, or they do it when they're injured, or they like already are having time away. Mm-hmm. Seth literally is in a match for the new belt that they're trying to christen this weekend. So I'm just going, um, <laughs> the casting of this and us finding it out, it's not like this set photo is old. This set photo dropped today and I'm going, is that a spoiler? Is Seth not sticking around or is this just a little bit part that he's just going to be done with by the end of the week? Either way, I'm going, so I thought Seth was a lock to win this title. Is he leaving for Hollywood too? This is just weird. This is very weird. <laughs> um, and then the other thing we wanted to bring up, Haunted Mansion got a new trailer. Again, Disney's, yeah. Disney's marketing for this Haunted Mansion movie is just super freaking weird because they just kind of yeah. drop trailers out of nowhere without actually hyping them up. Like, as we're recording this, they dropped the teaser posters for Five Nights and Fridays, and they're like, hey, the trailer's coming in three days. I'm like, ah, proper marketing because it's Blumhouse. They need know how to market stuff. Um, I did not know the Haunted Mansion movie was going to be PG-13. I was very surprised to see that tag at the end of this trailer. But looking at this trailer, I get why it's PG-13. And also, it might be the best Jared yeah. Leto performance to date. Because doesn't look like we'll actually see him. Uh, for those that are confused, Jared Leto seems to be the main villain of this movie. The Hatbox Ghost. Or one of the villains. I'm not entirely convinced that the Hatbox Ghost is the main villain. But I'll, I'll get into that in just a second. Uh, Josh, what did you think of this Haunted Mansion trailer? So... I know that you have kind of like a nostalgic connection to the Haunted Mansion, at least the original one. I have to none the of ride, that. not to the movie. The ride, sorry, sorry. Um, I have none of that. I've never been on the ride, never seen the original movie. So I have nothing, no expectations going into this. Uh, my gosh, I was like, yeah, yeah, this is like, this is some good, like, entry level horror that we're getting here that was like perfect i like i was excited it was one of those like oh that's kind of scary I, i'm not going to get like sinister scared in this movie but i'm gonna have a good time and be you know thrilled i guess is the name the word for it i guess uh but yeah it looks fun it looks like a lot a lot of fun um owen wilson is gonna looks like he's yet gonna another be haunted having, house movie yeah he's gonna have be having fun like everybody looks like they like they're having a lot of like a, like a good time with this uh i just yeah i'm excited about it uh more excited than i think i thought i would be um being that i have no connections to the series at all so yeah man i mean i what, what did you think I was surprised by how dark it looks. I was expecting it to be kind of like on par with like a Tower of Terror movie with Steve Gutenberg mm, and Kirsten mm. Dunst. Uh, but no, this seems like an actual, like a scary story to tell in the dark of like an intro to horror movies for kids, which we need more of those, please. You can't just watch Monster House on repeat or Monster Squad, which hasn't particularly aged as well. Um, as much as I love Monster Squad, it's very 80s. Uh, this looks dark. It looks fun. I... I'm guessing some people are assuming that's the Hatbox Ghost because, you know, Jared Leto's playing the Hatbox Ghost. But yeah, Hatbox Ghost is absolutely a deep cut that's more for the people that are fans of the original thing. So the thing with the Hatbox Ghost is he's only ever been a recent addition in the rides, primarily because technological limitations has made it so that he was never available to be there until recently because he was supposed to be there 
from day one in Disneyland. So it's basically this ghost that holds a, a hat box and his head disappears from his shoulders to inside the box. But they were never able to do that, dating back all the way to 1955, and they were only recently able to figure out the technology of how to do it properly, make it look convincing. And it's always been like the, someday we'll get that. That was always in the concept, someday we'll get that. So it's like a deep cut for people that know the material, but it's kind of why I think they'll go with somewhat of what's in the ride and somewhat in the Eddie Murphy movie of Master Gracie, the guy that owns the, the mansion, is the bad guy. To a certain extent, or you just merge it. Master Gracie is the Hatbox Ghost. I'm curious as to see how our favorite, <laughs> you know, Jared Leto is just terrifying in life. Um, I'm curious to see how Madame Leota, also known as Jamie Lee Curtis, factors into this. I'm just, Which, yeah, I'm happy dude. Jamie Lee Curtis is in this. <laughs> I'm ex- I'm full on expecting tons and tons of cameos in this. I'll oh, be yeah. like, wait, was that that was that that was okay? The Muppets okay, are in cool. this one too. Yeah, yeah, dude. Honestly, I would I would laugh so hard if they could make Muppets like legitimately terrifying in a certain in some way. My only thing is, and this could be me, it could be how it's being marketed. I keep forgetting that this is a theatrical movie. I keep mm. getting Disney Plus vibes from this. Not in a bad way, but it's just with so much of their stuff going to Disney Plus lately, it just feels like this could be a Disney Plus movie, and I don't know if they're selling it as a theatrical movie as much. That could be just previous mistakes them shooting themselves in the foot with Disney Plus releases. True. True. I mean, that that is something that they struggled with uh, since the pandemic. and uh, I don't want to say struggled with, but like they intentionally did that, so it's like not really a struggle i guess um yeah i i guess maybe i i i think i get more of a a uh straight to streaming vibe from like blue beetle and not as much this well that was supposed to go to streaming which is the blue Beetle. yeah blue beetles is understandable whereas this is uh, yeah this in in a theater would be so cool just that just from the shots we get from the trailer is going to be so cool to see in a theater Getting into our actual news of the week, we have some, I'm going to say confirmed speculation is the new phrase because <laughs> James isn't shooting it down. So <laughs> Exactly. James Gunn is not shooting these down. It's just speculation. But the fact that he didn't say no makes means to me it's confirmed speculation of some Superman legacy casting. So a Hollywood Reporter article recently came out of certain people have screen tested for various roles in Superman Legacy, like Superman, Lois, and Lex. And as he does, people reached out to James Gunn. It's like, hey, is this legit? Is it not? And James Gunn kind of sidestepped the question. He's just like, uh, I never say who screen tested for what unless the actor themselves has come forth, like Glenn Howerton and Zachary Levi both apparently auditioned for Star-Lord and didn't get it. Uh, he says, I don't bring that up unless the actors themselves have brought that up first. And that's kind of all he said. That's that's a good move. I like that move. Oh, yeah. I I completely understand that. I respect that because some of these people aren't going to get the jobs. And so they can tell yeah. that story on their own time later. Um, yeah. yeah. It'd be like the concept of like your, your almost boss being like, you know what? Loser almost had this job. You almost <laughs> got guy, this like, job. Yeah, yeah, that, I, w- I wouldn't be a fan of that at all. <laughs> so there's quite a few names bandied about, and some of them are very exciting, and some of them I'm, 
I'm a little curious about, but I there's conflicting reports, so let's break it all down. For Superman, there's either one name or two names, depending on what they're feeling <laughs> at the moment. Uh, allegedly, uh, Pearl actor David Corns- Cornsweat? Uh, Corin Sweat or Corn Sweat? I don't know how to pronounce it. I will eventually yep. if this guy gets it. Uh, he's one of the front runners to get it. But Nicholas Holt, my doppelganger, is also in the running. But here's where it gets weird. This original Hollywood Reporter article would later be disputed by somebody else, like Variety, or maybe even Hollywood Reporter wrote an altercation to the article saying, no, Nicholas Holt is actually in the running for Lex Luthor, and he's the only name being considered for Lex. To which I'm going, as much as I love Nicholas Holt, I think he does fit a young Lex Luthor better than he does a young Clark. Like, he's a great actor, but I think he can... Yeah. He... And I mean this in the nicest way possible. I don't think he'll ever pass as the all-American good old boy. Like, he's got an edge to him that works really well in his favor. Um, I guess yeah. you can kind of say that he was that when he was Beast and X-Men, but I think but he'd even be a great Lex. Now, yeah. um, David Cornsweat, I have heard this name for what feels like years because he has been, besides Wolfgang Novogratz, he is like the fan favorite just mm-hmm. off his look alone because guys this dude looks like a young henry cavill like for real and he's on the up and up so he's still relatively young in the industry mm-hmm. um not in a whole bunch of stuff but if he does get cast for sure i'm gonna watch everything that he's in just to kind of see what he brings to the table i did watch a few of the interviews that he's done and he seems to have a, a good confidence and not arrogance but interesting presence to see that i could absolutely see being a superman or a clark here um good voice again this is all speculation but i do believe there there's some smoke to this um especially with the nicholas holt thing as lex because if you remember nicholas holt has circled quite a few other superhero projects Mm -hmm. i feel like we talked about in the podcast here he was one of the finalists to be batman at one point yeah Um, wild uh, which I'm glad we got Pattinson as much as I love Holt. I think mm-hmm. Pattinson's the better choice. I've seen some people just like, you can't be the runner up to Batman and then be Superman. I'm going, I kind yeah, of agree, yeah, but at the not? same time, I've always thought that he fits better for Lex anyway. Uh, mm-hmm. but the other names are for Lois Lane and we get more variety there. We had, mm-hmm. cause right now for Superman, we just have Doran, David Corn sweat, depending on who is writing it. Maybe maybe Nicholas Holt or maybe he's Lex, but then apparently Jacob Alordi from Euphoria was considered, but he never submitted an audition tape according to a Hunter Reporter article, <laughs> which I'm just going good. How you- do you know that then? Wait, hold yeah. on. <laughs> good, because I, I always kind of got a douchebag vibe from Jacob Alordi. I've never seen anything. It just, it just kind of comes across as eh, whatever, but Lois... There is quite a few people allegedly in the running. You get names like Emma McKay, um, Rachel Brosnahan from The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, uh, Phoebe Dinever, I believe, from uh, Bridgerton, and Samara Weaving, who was most recently in Scream, but she was in Ready or Not, uh, in Babylon. Josh, did you see The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel? I, it is, I'm, like, I'm getting list. that mixed up with um, what's the Phoebe Waller-Bridge show? Oh, Fleabag. I always yeah. get those mixed up. Um, and yeah, I it is on my list of shows to watch. I've seen, I've watched a, like one or two episodes. I do love it. Um, I it, the writing is fantastic, and I love Rachel. Um, 
she's a fantastic actress. She does like, and there's, uh, I think no matter who you, how do I say this? When it comes to picking Lois, uh, I have a feeling we're going, knowing James, especially after some of the interviews I've seen him in, um, he's going to lean more towards a uh, Lois Lane from the Christopher Reeves movies than he is maybe some of the other ones. Um, and if that's the case, I can absolutely see like a Rachel doing that for me at least. But then again, you know, that it kind of depends on who your Superman is because you want that to kind of them to be able to play off of each other pretty well. But, we'll, you know, we'll, we'll, I'm sure we'll find out here fairly soon. Now, according to these same reports, again, take them all with the biggest grain of salt that you can find. Rachel Brosnahan crushed her audition tape, so we'll see how that goes. I I like the idea of Rachel Brosnahan or Samara Weaving. I don't know mm-hmm. Samara Weaving's schedule because she also is really blowing up, but I think she could be a really fun choice. I didn't love Ready or Not, but she's great in it. Uh, she's very limited in Scream. Piece that together as you will. Um, she's very limited in Scream, but she's great in that too. Uh, she's she's just a likable character. I think David Cornersweat very much could be our mm-hmm. Superman here. He's got the look. Um, he definitely has that like old school farm boy. It wasn't mentioned at all in this article, but ever since someone suggested, I can't get it out of my head of Stranger Things Gaten Matarazzo as Jimmy Olsen, and yeah. I want nothing more than that. Please, <laughs> Gaten Matarazzo as Jimmy Olsen. Dennis Quaid as Pa Kent, please. Michael Rooker as Perry White. Like, Lex Nicholas Holt, my doppelganger, as Lex <laughs> Luthor. That way, whenever I do it for Halloween, people won't think I'm Brian Cranston in Breaking Bad. They'll hopefully think I'm Lex instead. <laughs> so, you know what's really funny is that ever since you brought up that, like, uh, Bradley Cooper could make a good Lex, I have literally seen pictures of him and been like, yeah. Oh no, I kind of really like that. Don't get your heart set on it. Don't don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. You're solely setting yourself up for heartbreak. But yeah, like uh, I I wish Bradley Cooper was in the conversation for that. Uh but maybe he's going he they have him in mind for something else. I don't know. Uh if in if anything at all. Uh yeah, it, there's just a lot I think especially the, the casting for this is going to be interesting. I think James seems like the kind of person to give someone who is not as big, doesn't have necessarily quote unquote, a lot under his belt. Uh, and so he doesn't necessarily have a lot of things that he's quote unquote known for uh, someone who I, I hate it when people say isn't well known, you know, like, like, you know, uh, there's, cause there's tons of actors that out there that are incredible at their craft that are quote unquote, not mainstream names. So I, I, but yeah, the uh, fan favorite for for this for a long time, I would be surprised if James doesn't go in that direction. Um, But if he doesn't, uh, I I feel like it's the other person is just as good. After Guardians 3, I really like, and I don't, this, maybe this is recency bias or whatever, but like, I have full faith in the dude. I mean, I had full faith in the dude before, but like now it's like excitement fall, uh, you know, accompanying that, uh, that full, that full faith. Um, I'm just excited to see where we go. Excited. The stories that he's going to be able to tell, um, the man does not miss when it comes to comic book movies. I think, um, I think it's pretty evident now that 
we will get confirmed casting by comic-con at the latest if not oh yeah i wouldn't be surprised if like official trades make some official announcements probably in june and then they have they they officially announce um superman legacy at comic-con like the the actor and maybe the logo or something of like what does the yeah. s look like this time around but or have maybe they seen... bring out the full-on cast and be like i, I can see that here's too, everyone yeah. here's dennis quaid as pocket <laughs> i refuse to let that go it's too perfect have you seen the and cause i only bring this up because james uh like reacted he like retweeted it and had a like a good laugh about it uh the the picture of it's the picture of like the of superman taking off the the henry cavill the, one the, the 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 henry cavill one and put and has like a a christopher reeves reeves-esque one underneath and it was like it said superman legacy on the bottom and i was just like yeah like this like literally all you have to do is add color to that suit i think we'd be all super down I, i'm so excited to see what the costume looks like just looking at how yep. what james gunn has done with costumes within his past couple movies like peacemaker i think has some of my favorite costumes in any dc movie mm -hmm. uh the guardians look spot on my only complaint i not even spoilers but i guess if you're that sensitive mild spoilers my only complaint with star lord's costume is we never see him with the new helmet that's like that look from the comics of the the dark blue with the with the red like yeah. uh trim I was hoping for that new and improved yeah. helmet that we get for the comics, but never got that. He, Chris Pratt, got to show that money maker in all scenes <laughs> ever. Which, oh my gosh, some of like the, the stuff that James has come out now that he's not on un, under contract with them anymore, with Disney anymore. He's like, yeah, like I don't know why I wasn't consulted, and like these are my technically my characters. I don't know why they didn't talk to me about how they're going to yep. use them. Like, what in the world? I was like, dang. All right. <laughs> Next up, I, this one's just for me because <laughs> I love saying it. I love being right sometimes, even when everyone else around is just going, nah, that's not what's going to happen. That's exactly what I've been telling you is going to be happening for the longest time now. But no, you didn't believe me. Uh, Disney and Hulu, by the end of the year, will be merged into one mega app, according to Disney CEO Bob Iger. I have been saying this for at least a year, maybe two. Like, even before yep. Discovery bought Warner Brothers, I was like, guys, streaming services are losing money hand over fist. What's going to mm -hmm. happen is consolidation and merging into mega apps because then you keep everything yeah. in-house. And then I think we've we hit the peak We've hit the peak of streaming services in my book, and I think we've hit the big wave and everything's going to kind of settle for a little bit because the prices are getting out of hand. There's too many and studios are realizing that there's too many. And yeah. I think that when Discovery bought Warner Brothers, that was a big old shockwave in the water that had ripples throughout the entire industry. And you saw a lot of mergers and acquisitions around that same time. If I remember mm -hmm. correctly, that was kind Kind of around the same time the WWE was bought by Peacock for a large amount of money and all their sporting events and sporting companies were acquired for lots of money, ESPN and UFC. Yeah. Um. So there's been this thought for a while that Disney would sell off its Hulu library to like Universal, who it's partnered with for its content library for Hulu. And then they just kind of split it off because Hulu has never taken off the way that either no. NBC Universal or 
or did the Disney company has wanted. I 100% blame that on the lack of good content and mm. arguably the second worst user interface this side of Amazon. Prime Video still yeah, has the no, worst. Absolutely. Prime Video still has the worst interface, but Hulu's is up there. And I have been saying forever, Disney is going to merge their stuff. I fully expect within the next year or two, I don't know how it'll work with contractual obligations, but Disney mm-hmm. Plus getting looped into this as well of everything Disney all in one place. And I can fully see this being a response to everything going to Max, which launches next week, which sounds insane. Uh, the new Max app, which will be just HBO Max and Discovery merged together. The only thing missing, I think, from that as well as Disney, is sports. So that's kind of still the big mm-hmm. question mark here um, because there's been rumors of like AEW getting a billion-dollar deal, which that's not coming from any legit sources. But I firmly believe Discovery and Warner Brothers will want to acquire the rights to AEW for streaming rights, just like Peacock has WWE. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wonder what Disney's relationship is with that now because Disney owns ESPN and... Yeah, ESPN works with UFC a lot. Uh, this does not surprise me. I'm also going to say it now because I was right before. Hulu as a name will only exist for another year or two, and then it'll slowly dissolve away, and all the content that was on Hulu will just get absorbed into Disney outright, and then whatever content isn't Disney's will go to Peacock. And Peacock, also going to say it now, Peacock will probably merge with somebody else. Like... Mm-hmm. Uh, it yeah. won't be a Paramount Plus because Paramount Plus and Showtime are merging. That's another one that's merging together. Um, but ever since Disney made all-rated content available on their platform with Logan and the Deadpool movies, I have said mm-hmm. it's only a matter of time before you bring in everything else. Because who for a little bit there, Hulu is where you put your R-rated content, your non your non-Disney content. Now that you do have R-rated content, you have no reason to keep Hulu there. You can just put your adult um, parental locks on there and then get rid of Hulu. It sounds harsh, but I this makes a lot of financial sense to me. There's a lot of redundancy here. Disney, of all companies, is looking to eliminate redundancies. Yeah. Well, and it makes sense because uh, I think the, the big question that I have have obviously outside of the whole um where does the live sports goes because hulu's been their big thing has been you know who's got live sports hulu's got live sports okay cool where does that go if that gets absolved into like a disney mega app um where do do the hulu originals go like i'm not just obviously i'm a huge fan of of, a fleabag but like not just fleabag like uh only murderers in the building or like Hulu right now in the States is the only place you can watch Letterkenny. And I love Letterkenny. So, like, I, I there's a lot of questions I have as far as uh, I, I think the true, quote-unquote, owners of content, and it is not clear on who owns what, and it will be clear to the, at least to the, in the public eye, who owns what, because I think at the end of the day, you and I, and I, anybody who kind of, has done a little bit of research the whole media like and and movie industry is really only owned by like four or five companies so i completely expect us to only have like a you know give it to the end of next year maybe but only have maybe five streaming apps and that is where all of the content lives uh which i don't 
necessarily hate honestly cable television is not exactly all that great uh we don't need reality shows guys I, at least to me they're not going anywhere uh, though because they're too cheap no to make, they're not and they make money they are they're cheap to make and they're easy to bring in uh but i think that cable television as a whole will start to disappear because why would i pay f- why would why what do why do i need to pay for 30 channels that all have ads when i can pay significantly less per month only watch what i want and not have to deal with ads now that's a whole other conversation about uh tier levels and you know are they going to are you going to have to start charging charging people for you know do you want all your content with ads or without ads do you want some ads like hulu had that like weird three tier system that was like uh uh you know do, do you want absolutely no ads okay with some ads give me all the ads kind of the situation and so what max is understood. going to do yeah what max and netflix are doing which basically uh, bring which up- quick question for you just hmm. Yeah, that it does the is the app just going to automatically update and turn into Max, or do you have to re-download a new app? As far as I know, Max will just auto refresh. So if you mm-hmm. already have HBO Max, it from everything I've heard, it will just automatically update to Max. Which I still have a ton of questions. We don't know what the new UI will look like if there mm-hmm. is one. You've been incredibly vague about what your 4K content is, even though you're saying that this will have more 4K than before. If you have mm-hmm. five 4K movies, you'll have more than before. Um, <laughs> yeah, like you know, just add two. Like that's what? the one. That's the one gripe that I've had more than any other with HBO Max. Is you were so far behind on the times when it comes to high definition programming. Um, but you bring up a good point with advertising. I think we're entering into this new next stage of the streaming wars. So everything kept escalating, escalating, escalating for a while. There was just Netflix and it was Hulu and then Disney Plus. Now everything. And just like housing or anything else, the bubble burst, but there's still Mm -hmm. remnants left of the bubble and the little droplets themselves are kind of merging into other smaller subsection bubbles like the they're Mm -hmm. coming together. And the way of the future, I think, is a couple big mega apps with a lot of ads in them, like you're seeing Mm -hmm. Disney Plus, HBO Max, Netflix all these streaming services now have ad and ad free tiers because they're realizing mm-hmm. with streaming that there's only X amount of dollars you can make. Say you've got a hundred million subscribers all paying 15 bucks a month. I'm not good with math, but that's a set amount of dollars that you're going to make per month mm-hmm. as opposed to like really seeing a movie theatrically where people have repeat viewings. There's multiple uses of seeing this movie in theaters. Whereas you can only charge your customers once as opposed to ad space. You get more revenue from outside circles. So I get why that's the future as much as that sucks. I see more of that happening. Everything in the world of media is cyclical. I think cable is dying for right now, but the model of cable, I think will eventually come back with a lot of advertising. The only thing different mm-hmm. is, on demand as opposed to scheduled conflict uh content like TV yeah, was. I agree with that. But we already kind of have that. Like HBO, new stuff drops 9 p.m. on Sunday night, and they've done that for a while now. Um mm-hmm. I just think it's so interesting that people hated cable for so long, still do, because cable's a ripoff. Uh, but streaming is becoming that 
but I think we're entering into a different phase. Like the big peak of streaming, I think is done. And I think we're entering into the phase two of streaming, so to speak, of yeah. the, the rise of the mega apps more than anything else. The rise of the mega apps and the rise of the ads on the mega apps. It's kind of the same thing that happened with YouTube. YouTube was big, yeah. but then it blew up and became one of the biggest search engines in the world. And then it was lawless. And now there's not nearly as much freedom mm -hmm. when, with YouTube as there used to be because <laughs> it was absolutely lawless. <laughs> like even just thinking about like how much stuff they got away with Logan like, Paul, the, like, like, well, not even talking, bringing up your Logan Paul's, but like some of the stuff that would, that people were able to get, get away with was just insane. Um, I agree though. I think we're going to like, we're going to get, start getting down to like four or five mega apps. We're going to have, uh, ads as a no, uh, you like, a, like a non-skippable ads. Honestly, if I'm being straight with you, I don't necessarily mind ads. My only issue is the way that Hulu does it, which is has it in the middle of your program. So like you get it, you're having a completely serious moment with your the, the, the characters in your TV show. And then all of a sudden that gets interrupted by an Oscar Mayer Wiener commercial or something. And it's like, that's see, I don't I, mind how give me a couple ads. Of the, I don't mind how Peacock does it. They give you that full, like here's 120 seconds. And then mm -hmm. after this, you're good. Like I much yeah. prefer those of get it all over yeah. with. Although I will say I've kind of gotten used to being ad free. Uh, I'm waiting on a replacement credit card. So some of my things have relapsed. Um, and so I currently don't have YouTube premium and guys, YouTube ads suck. I get what you complain about now. And I, <laughs> I've been yeah. ad with ads for one day and I'm going, Oh God, I need my credit card to get here. Dude, please. Been, I, 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 <laughs> I just need my new card. I need ads to go away again. <laughs> I have been on the regular side of YouTube for a couple of months now. And like, I'm just it sucks, used man. to it. It sucks. It, I hate it so it's much. It's gotten so bad. Yeah. Next up. Uh, almost didn't want to talk about this because it, it could be potentially be a spoiler, but screw this guy. We're going to talk about it anyway, because <laughs> I think it's super entertaining. And you know, this was not where he wanted to go. Uh, but Dwayne The Rock Johnson, one of the biggest names in Hollywood, is going through a bit of a rough patch right now. Let's <laughs> let's put it as that's putting it as nicely as possible. Um, given his age, is do we think he's having a midlife crisis? Is that what's happening right now? Is that is that factoring? Yeah, technically, yeah. Is that why he's pushing black out that so is hard? The, that is. <laughs> <laughs> that is the the age you start to fall backwards out of uh, out of hammocks, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because he flopped harder than Black Adam. Um, that was so funny. Oh my! So gosh. what we're talking about is spoiler alert uh, for Fast and Furious. If you care, Fast and Furious X, not called Fast Ten Year Seatbelts, and I'm still bitter about that. Uh, but according <laughs> to reliable sources, Dwayne the Rock Johnson has come groveling back. And will return to the Fast and Furious franchise. Mm -hmm. I would pay all the money in the world to be a fly on the wall for those conversations to see yeah. DJ's people or DJ himself go to Vin Diesel and go. So, uh, you know, all those <laughs> negative things we said about each other very publicly. <laughs> Can we just, you know, forget about that? And Vin could just look at him and be like, you got a black eye there, Adam? 
Um, your family will let you back in, but only yeah. if you say that Luke Hobbs sucks and that vi- that Dom Toretto has always been better and cooler. And Dwayne just goes, fine. <laughs> I've got a tequila brand. I can drink this pain away. And Vin's like, you definitively let me beat you in a fight. And Dwayne will be like, I don't like it. I don't accept it, but I'll do it. Like he's <laughs> honestly right now, looking at some of the choices that Dwayne's making, it feels, I don't want to say desperate, but I'll say desperate because I really don't like Dwayne Johnson right now. Um, the whole, they're more or less fast tracking a live action Moana movie coming out because oh my gosh. people like yeah. Moana and he desperately needs a hit right now to publicly slamming Vin Diesel in the Fast and Furious franchise and openly saying he'll never come back to now, well... James Gunn Maybe kicked me out I because will. my movie kind of sucked, and I, <laughs> um, I gaslit the entire DC fan base into thinking Henry Cavill was coming and back. I'm, I'm, I'm a nightmare to work with from a producer standpoint. Like, yeah, like I just it, t- I yeah, it smells and screams desperation to me, because um, he was very public about never wanting to come back to the fra- the Fast and Furious franchise. Um, Maybe you know what what maybe happened was he saw that terrible mustache that Jason Momoa had and he was like no 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 we can't I can't let this happen no not to not to uh, this franchise I kind of don't like but I'm coming back anyway like it's yeah it, it's all kinds of desperation smelling and he just I do wonder it's desperation smelling it, if you smell yeah, what he's cooking no what the rock and rock is cooking um. I do wonder how much of his uh, outside business business ventures are funded by his movies. Like, you know what I mean? Because like, like that's the, the only thing I can. Yeah, I, there's that's the only thing I can think of that. Why you? There's no real reason to. I mean, you have like one flop. Like, Black Adam wasn't great, sure, but like. You're still your movies are still bringing in a pretty good amount of money, so I I don't see why you would be Mid-life desperate crisis. necessarily. It, it, but like, it definitely just reeks of it. So I, it, I it'll be interesting to see if they do a Hobbs and Shaw too. Or, I would like, I would be interested in that. I don't give a crap about Fast and Furious, but I actually yeah, liked I Hobbs and Shaw. However, I believe it was our buddy Three C Phillips who brought up this great point. Now that Dwayne is back. We can get the one match that we're all actually interested in. No, no, not Dwayne Johnson versus Vin Diesel part two. Dwayne Johnson versus John Cena in the Fast and Furious franchise. (laughs) Because Cena came in, I feel like, as a replacement for Dwayne Johnson. I agree. (laughs) Well, we couldn't. We no longer have the biggest star of one era of wrestling. We'll get the next... Biggest star of the next next era of wrestling. And we even see John Cena do an AA in the trailer for Fast X. So I'm just going. It looks super good, too, by the way. (laughs) Although I will, I do hate that, judging from just some of the trailers, how quickly some of these characters don't act like themselves. Like, guys, wasn't John Cena the villain in the last one? Yet he's cracking wise and just being John Cena in this trailer. Uh, But now we have a chance to see John Cena versus The Rock thrice in a lifetime for my fans out there that get that reference. Once wasn't enough. Twice (laughs) wasn't enough. Three times in a lifetime. Watch, he's gonna, he's gonna, 
publicly he's gonna on screen it's written into the contract that john cena gets to rip into the rock one more time about having his lines written on his wrist <laughs> <laughs> like and, come on i would i would pay for that i just alone at peace and then cena and dwayne Johnson can, can be at the craft services table during break and be like hey you want to see the script for the next james gunn dc movie I don't care what you think. It doesn't matter what you think. And then John just walks away. He's like, hey, I'm getting Peacemaker season two. How's Black Adam 2 coming along? And just leave. Yeah. Please. <laughs> There's just, I yeah. Or like the, 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 the rematch we've all been waiting for is, uh, oh, geez. Oh, my gosh. I just lost his name. It's the it's the one moment that I actually like in a Fast and Furious moment where he's like, "Oh, someone hide your hide your uh, your baby oil and hide from that big uh, big forehead." Uh, like we'll get that, get a rematch of that. Like, come on, man! Like, there's just a lot I think that could be fun, and that's I think maybe that's one of the reasons I have never really enjoyed the Fast and Furious movies is because they've always taken themselves way too seriously, and they could be way more fun if they just like cut loose. Like, yeah. We abandoned reality in like the third movie, so like just just let us have that again. I I, I don't I don't know, man. It's the, the these movies are for Vin now, I guess. They really, really are. <laughs> <laughs> Lastly, because we know there's going to be a large contingent of fans out there for this, we're getting a Freaky Friday sequel, and I'm just going to say it now. I don't think it's confirmed or anything. This is 100% going to Disney+. Plus. This is not going to theaters. Um, I have seen Freaky Friday a lot, actually. It's definitely one that I watched a lot as a kid. I, At the time, I liked both the people involved in this. I don't really care that much about Lindsay Lohan now. And yes, that's how you pronounce it. Lindsay Lohan, which is just sounds weird to weird. say. <laughs> but like Jamie Lee Curtis... Apparently, she's maintained a very good relationship with Disney, as we just talked about her in the Haunted Mansion trailer not too long ago. Um, this is one of those movies, though, that, like Princess Diaries, people have insisted for what feels like a decade and a half, oh, yeah, Disney's working on a sequel, to which I'm always just going. <laughs> it's always from that one friend that knows nothing about yeah. movies, never posts anything movie-related. They're yeah. just, like, posting an article from... Movie biz with a Z dot org dot net dot myspace. We got you covered dot com. <laughs> like, oh. yeah. No, my, we, it's one of those are just like they don't actually bother to check the credibility. They're like, it's a story that I like. So that means it's true. Just like High School Musical Correct. 4, Beetlejuice 2, you know, b- before a month ago, um, Princess Diaries <laughs> 3, that's actually happening. A Treasure Planet movie starring Tom Holland as Jim Hawkins. Stop, that's 100% hurt happening. You're hurting my feelings. But no, that's, that, that one I see everywhere. Tom Holland is in talks yeah. to be Jim Hawkins in Treasure Planet. I'm going, Disney never I acknowledges Treasure Planet. Disney never acknowledges that movie. They're not going to remake it. They're going to remake as Home on the Range yeah, it, just to spite us. And as much as I love Tom Holland, like he's actually too old to play Jim now so no, there's need, that it needs Take to be that. the kid from Cobra Kai <laughs> yes just absolutely. to piss off Josh yes so here's the thing man yeah I say yes like I've seen the show so uh <laughs> you don't even know which guy you're just like yeah I'm just guy. Like, yeah, yeah that works yeah yeah guy. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um honestly I'm kind of excited about this 
I'm not gonna lie to you. I too watched Freaky Friday quite a few, quite a bit when I was a kid. Um, but like this, like works really well. Like, okay, cool. So, yes, Lindsay and Jamie are coming back. That's fine. Let's have it be a scenario where it's Lindsay and her daughter, and Jamie's the one that figures out, like, oh, that it's happening. Like, that's that's so cool. Like, there's so much fun you could have there. Of like, oh, you remember when this happened to us? So like, yeah, okay. I, Lindsay. Like Lindsay's character now being on the other side of that dynamic is to me narratively super interesting and could be a lot of fun. With that, I also agree that this is going straight to Disney Plus. There's no way they're doing theaters on this. <laughs> so I just brainstorming of like what could they possibly do with this? I don't know. Uh, but maybe like Lindsay Lowen is like a music producer now, or maybe she's leading a band like she was in the original movie, but maybe she's moved up yeah. to producer status. She's got kids of her own and she's having a hard time connecting with them. And uh, once mm-hmm. again, the grandparent, uh, Jamie Lee Curtis is just like, it's not that hard to parent kids nowadays. You just do this, that, and the other thing as you know, She's still a licensed therapist and just like, everything's easy if you just do it my way. And then once again, they body swap. Better yet, you shuffle it up like they do in The Marvels coming out. If it's a three-way shuffle. So the kid, Lindsay Lohan's kid, becomes Jamie Lee Curtis. Everyone slots down. Jamie Lee Curtis once again becomes Lindsay Lohan and Lindsay Lohan becomes her daughter. Oh my gosh, I actually kind of really love that. Let's got like I'm good at some, this. Disney, hire me. Some like Oh wait, you don't hire <laughs> writers. Yeah, 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 yeah. They're on strike right now, guys. So we know this movie's not being written right now. At least not by humans. Um, but I they that works like everything all, all at once kind of levels of like really interesting emotional storytelling. Like, God, God, yeah, that worked. Yeah, get, like I would watch that. That would absolutely watch that are you kidding me it's one of my favorite things about this podcast is just spitballing and sometimes it still sticks to the wall long enough to sound like it's a semblance of an idea that i've actually had just go yeah i'm just gonna gonna claim that one and we'll check back to see if i'm right later in which case if it's a bad remake it'll be like hey you didn't listen to me about the star wars sequel trilogy and this is what you get listen to me and my i have not written a single script in my entire life me (laughs) Yeah, obviously, because you know, uh, what is it? What is it? Armchair quarterbacking, uh, move, movie writing is like the best thing you could do with your life, obviously. Mm-hmm. <laughs> As per usual, this week's episode is sponsored by T Public, your one stop shop for all things Uncharted Media, whether it is uh, t shirts, hoodies, mugs, whatever you want with the Uncharted Media logo on it. And as always, if you haven't already, subscribe to the channel or subscribe to us wherever you get your podcast, whether it's iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or YouTube. Help us get to a thousand subscribers now. As we said at the beginning of the show, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 was a perfect send-off to these beloved characters that were first introduced to us in movie form in 2014. Feels weird it's been nine whole years already for these. Yeah, it's been so long. Um other big franchises have attempted send-offs, and sometimes they work well and Others not so much, but we're going to focus on the good ones this time. So I have nine, technically ten, because I have one beloved movie character that I believe actually got two really good send-offs. If you want to choose either one as your ending to this character's story, it is fitting and beautiful. Um, And again, as I said at the beginning, 
death doesn't necessarily have to be involved, but some of these, mm-hmm. death is involved. So it's just any time that the movie intended to write off a character for good, whether they mm-hmm. actually returned or not, is irrelevant. If the intent was actually to end their story permanently, we'll take it into consideration whether or not they actually came back. Uh, okay, spoil. I do have a couple of characters that do still end up coming back, but their initial send-off was perfect. <laughs> yeah, because the, the only thing that changes the uh, a great ending is when they come back, which is why I'm all... And even Chris, Chris Evans will say this. He is also dreading the, the call of them being like, yeah, you need to come back. And he's like, no, I don't want to. Or if you're just Robert Downey um, Jr., you just claim, you guys aren't offering me enough money. Because that's what's holding you up, Robert, not the fact that they actually ended your story perfectly and Iron Man got yeah, the death yeah. that he's so desperately owed after so many years of doing wrong in the MCU. Yes, yes I will still continue to down the hill that the MCU's greatest villain is, in fact, Iron Man and not Thanos. Yes, absolutely. Um, all right, um, let's get going then. Um, I think... See, I I, def- I think, like you, like we talked a little bit before we got on, of... I struggled with this list a little bit because the define the definition between like an ending and like a send off is like such a fine fine line. Um, I hmm. so I'm gonna bring up one that definitely rides that line, and I'm not sure which way it goes. Uh, and I will anytime we talk about good movies and good ways to end movies uh, and characters that actually have great ending marks of where they are, but you know, can it, where they are in the beginning into where they are in the end. Um, Goodwill Hunting, I think, will always be in that conversation. And having uh, have uh, seeing the growth of 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 our of our character Will Hunting, and then uh, seeing where he is from the beginning to the end of the movie, I it's so awesome as a send off as a character. We will never really because I'm gonna say this because I I don't think they would ever go back to. Seeing him finally accepting and not being afraid to fail and actually going 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 to go see see uh, see a girl um, is so cool and so awesome that it's one of those like it's one of those moments that throughout the movie you get really close to Will and you really hope that the best happens to him and then you again you kind of realize that he's the only one holding him himself back. Uh, and it's the perfect send off for that character for to, to be for him to be finally accepting like no i'm not i'm getting out of my own way which is like such a thing that's a whole other conversation we, we could have of like us getting in our own way of our successes and not just like it being what? that we're not good enough and stuff like that that's <laughs> never happened at, at no way shape or form never. held up the development of nightwing 2 me thinking it yeah. was never going to actually live up to my incredibly high standards for it i never get in my own way whatsoever but also, you know, Goodwill Hunting is one of the best closing lines of all time of stole my line, which it's even better considering. Yes. Which that. is great. Because Robin Williams is just, oh, Robin Williams is just the best. Um, he is. Let me go with one that I didn't initially have on there, but the more I thought about it, I was like, oh, yeah, this has got to be on here somewhere. Andy Circus is just fantastic. And I feel like. People have talked about him being one of the most criminally underrated actors for so long that he's not criminally underrated anymore just because (laughs) people talk about him so much. But his work as Caesar in the Apes movies is so perfect. 
And the way Caesar's story ends at the end of War for the Planet of the Apes, I'm just going, yeah, as much as I would love Caesar to stick around, this is the most perfect way to send off this character while still setting up the future of what we know is going to happen to the world of apes. It's mm-hmm. just that whole trilogy. Man, that that Matt Reeves guy just knows stories. I really hope he does a superhero you know, movie so someday. Good. Yeah, it's so crazy. He's wow. got a great eye for yeah. stories. <laughs> yes. Yeah, just like, he, yeah, I, I didn't start this war. Like, he's Caesar is so good. I it's, it's crazy to think still to this day that the how well those effects hold up. And like this, like the last, the third movie came out, what, like five, six years ago, at least. Oh, minimum. Yeah. Um, so like, it's crazy. It's crazy to think what that, what the, because they are writing a fourth one that is not a direct sequel, uh, which it I think is, is just isn't. Con- yeah, it, it's one of those, I think, it to me says that they're going to basically remake the very, very original one, which is with the astronauts, the crash landing into the space. Um, and I think they'll have a better conversation to have about what that's going to mean than the original one, um, <laughs> especially since they've built anyway, that, that I. I'm a big fan of that series now uh, because of that trilogy and because of the incredible work of An- Andy Serkis. Um Let's talk about one of your favorite, well, honestly, one of our favorite movies, um, National Treasure, and how up into the point, at the point of the movie, when we didn't think that they were going to make a second one, um, how they send off everybody in that movie in a pretty great way of like, okay, cool. Yeah, they found the treasure. Everything's okay now. Awesome. Riley's got Uh, a nice car. Yeah, yeah. Off of his half of a percent. Yeah, he's like still complete, still being shm- uh, like a, a little bit of a dork on that, but like, uh, and I love that he got a Ferrari but doesn't drive stick, which is so funny to me. Um, but yeah, even outside, if, if I would say probably even like the ending of the second one, it doesn't work as well, but like, I, I love, love, love the send off that they get in National Treasure of like, oh, yeah, well, uh, uh you know, you should have gotten a bigger house. And he's like, well, actually, I got this house because, because like, I, don't this, I don't care. You got the girl. <laughs> yeah, I did. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. It's 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 a great. To me, it's a great send off to that character. And all the kids of a certain generation know the name Diane Kruger specifically because of National Treasure. Gosh, man. Um, Let's go Ooh. with the one that I talked about that honestly is the only name on my list that has two entries because i think this character has two incredibly good send-offs depending on where you want to end their story there's one that finishes their story and another one that finishes their time in a specific franchise and by that i mean rocky balboa oh yeah i think rocky has two incredibly beautiful send-offs but for different reasons i think if you really wanted to Rocky Balboa is a perfect end to that original Rocky timeline before you get into the whole Creed stuff. If you want to stop watching Rocky movies there, you're missing out on the Creed stuff. But if you just focus on just Rocky as a character, his send-off at the end of Rocky Balboa is so perfect. There's, I know there's two different versions of the ending. There's one where he actually does mm. beat Mason on the line, Dixon, but I... Actually, mm. as I get older, I like the original cut that they went with of he, he loses... But the way he goes out of 
literally just wailing on Mason Dixon in the middle of the ring, just unloading, unloading everything in the basement, more or less, in the ring, just going, I know this is my last three minutes in a boxing ring. This is everything I've got. And I'm just going, that works so thematically well for the character of Rocky. Like, just keep going, just keep going. But as a departure to the franchise, Creed 2, I think, is also a perfect send-off to the character. Like, it was always risky bringing back Rocky after Rocky Balboa because I know Josh and I have talked about it, about it many times. Rocky Balboa is still my favorite in the entire Rocky franchise. That movie is so good. It was mm-hmm. always a dangerous bet to gamble mm-hmm. on more Rocky movies. Then Creed came out and was amazing. Then Creed 2 came out, and I actually like it better than Creed 1. But the mm-hmm. whole point with Rocky in that one is missing out on family time because he's so committed mm-hmm. to one thing. But like finally tying up the loose ends from Rocky Balboa of being reunited with his son and getting to meet his grandson, giving his grandson the little bouncy ball. I will never not cry when he gives the bouncy ball to his grandkid of just like, oh, you look just like your grandmother. I'm going, stop it. Stop it. And I know Stallone's just like, they didn't ask me to come back for Creed 3. They're making more Rocky movies without me. I'm going, yes, because you're not needed anymore. It sounds cold and mean, but you had the perfect exit twice. No one gets a good exit twice. Like, you can retire well once. The fact that you got to do it twice is unheard of. So, Rocky is one of the greatest movie characters of all time. I'm just thankful that they were able to usher him out gracefully. That's assuming before he before you know <laughs> before he before they ruin it more. I mean, they yeah. almost did by just leaving it at Rocky Five, but Stallone was like, "No, I gotta fix Rocky Five. Um, but yeah, I, Rocky. <laughs> the fact that you get two is just not fair. Yeah, no, I agree because. Uh, Balboa is, I have made no qualms that Balboa is my favorite uh, Rocket, Rocky movie. I think to me, it's still the best out of all of them. Um, I, it just hits the, hits the most. I mean, it might be one of, it might be the reason is because it is built on top of all, all five movies and takes a lot of lessons from those, at least from the first three or four Um and kind of builds on top of those themes. But to me, I think, and because Balboa is one of my favorites, that scene where he finally goes to see his son after uh, in, in uh, Creed 2 hits, it's, to me, hits really, really, really hard because we've seen him for two movies where he goes and visits um, his wife and his, uh, and uh, Frank, is it Frank? Polly, Polly. He Polly. Visits, visits Polly's grave. Paulie, you know, um, the Vietnam vet that they never actually acknowledged yes, was a vet. I yes. 100% believe that he's a vet with PTSD. Which would have been such a good detail to bring out, man, if they if they were if they in the Creed movies. It wasn't necessarily needed. Well, he was but dead it in been the Creed such, movies. Yeah. Uh, but, like, it would be interesting to have brought it up as... Okay, sorry. My brain is going now because uh, what if... Uh, he, if he had been in Creed three, um, he has that whole conversation about with Creed with, with Adonis about running from your past and not accepting some of the mistakes of the past. And like, I had a friend that did that and Polly, Polly just like drank himself to death instead of facing, you know, the things that, that 
were causing him so much pain. But, but like there's all oh, that, that'd be such a fun little, little deep package to do uh, anyway. But yeah, his, to me, I think seeing, you know, the people he considers family uh, visiting their grave for two, two movies and knowing that he has family that he just won't visit. Cause he doesn't think he's, he, that they'd want him there. And finally seeing him do that, it was, Oh, it was so good. Such a good, such a good farewell to, 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 to Rocky. What I, I think will it'll 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 be permanent this time i think honestly judging by how much he hates the franchise like i just dude i don't i I, little side note i just don't understand like if you like support um uh, michael b jordan so much like why are you being mad that he is continuing on like you basically you know taught this guy everything he needs to know about rocky movies so like why it just it's like giving your kid the car and then getting mad when they drive it yeah yeah exactly like i just it, it upsets me a little bit um but yeah uh to move to to carry on with the lists i guess uh, <laughs> instead of talking so we could instead of see it here talking about uh deep uh rocky lore um <laughs> we could do that for a very long time yes we could weigh the pros um, and the cons of rocky up, four versus the rocky got, four I director's cut more that are <laughs> yeah oh my gosh that's a whole conversation i think Ooh. Josh broke everything. No, sorry. I thought I muted my mic on accident. Um, anyway, uh, I want to. I got a couple more that are not "quote unquote" franchise send-offs. So, and I'll get through those. And and Go I've it. got nothing left but that are but franchise stuff. Um, All minor franchises. Le- nice. Okay. Uh, I guess again, you know, hindsight is twenty twenty and all that. Uh, <laughs> we would just retire the, uh, that phrase, man. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, geez, man. Uh, knowing that we get sequels hurts, but, and I might catch some flack for this, and knowing that, like, our conversation of what kind of qualifies as a send off instead of an ending, I love <laughs> that at the end of Silence of the Lambs, the send off for, uh, for uh, Hannibal Lecter is he's like, well, I'm going to go kill a bunch of people now. And, like I'm having an old friend for dinner. I'm having an old friend for dinner. Like that to me was so good. Like I don't need to see him go kill a bunch of people that wronged him now. Cause now it's not just, it now it's just not random patients. It's personal. Um, oh, you mean you didn't <laughs> like red dragon or Hannibal the movie? <sighs> Like, the show I've heard is very, I've heard the very, show is very great. good. Um, but no, um, I meant the yeah. Hannibal. No, Hannibal Rising. Yeah. No, no, thank you. I'm good. Thank you. Um, but yeah. yeah, the ending of Silence of the Lambs is great. So like where it sends uh, Hannibal Lecter's character. Like, I just love the idea of Hannibal Lecter tracking all these people all over the world and him being like, all right, cool. Gonna eat you. Gonna have you. Gotta have you. Like, wait, maybe this is the movie I needed. Of he tracks everybody to certain locations on the world in order to take their body and integrate it with the cuisine of that of of that like country, which is such like a and like that's such a thing that like Hannibal would do. It was like, oh yes, like we'll roast like we're in the Philippines, we're gonna do this to him. Like it was like, oh dude, that 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 worked. That would says the chef. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) My bad. Thinking about this too much. Oh no. (laughs) Um, 
the last non-franchise one that I'll talk, I'll bring up, and I, I think to that you'll agree with me on this. Uh, it is again, it is a one-off movie, so it's it's hard to qual- technically qualify this as a send-off, I guess. But um, the send-off they give Red and, and uh, in in Shawshank Redemption is so good. I love that. Like Andrew Dufresne's character, like once he, 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 you know, escapes, you're like, yeah, he's going to live happily, happily ever after. That's awesome. But we've spent so much time with this, this character, Red, what is going to happen to him? Uh, especially when like Andy gets out and there's the, the movie still got like 10, 15 minutes. Uh, and so it, it, the way that they end Red's story in Shawshank Redemption is peak. So good. And I, I love the idea of thinking like, of what happens if red forgot like yep, the family guy thing <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah it was like one conversation man like how did you remember the exact location you of remember that? that island we talked about <laughs> one time <Dang> it. <laughs> montenegro is that what no no is that what it is? <laughs> it's yeah i think so i, or I have no red idea. can't get a if passport you... because he's on parole yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> which that's probably true is why which is technically why he would take the bus. It's why he would probably take the bus because you technically you're just like you. There's always that chance that they don't quote unquote don't check the passport or whatever. So you just take a bus and get a ticket. And like, I don't know. It's, that's all. That's like getting into like weird details of especially like what when the, that movie takes place in like what the 1950s or something like that, close to that. Um, so like passport like border protection was would have been way down we're, we're so, still ways off from 9-11 yeah so i i have no doubt that that would have been a problem that that's totally believable to me but yeah the the way that they send red's red's character off into the sunset like that is so perfect i i in thinking about it now now that he's like they give him they try almost try to give him the same ending as the librarian and having that he 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 gets to look that ending in the face and then go you know what no this isn't this isn't it this isn't where things go and then you know goes to, to, goes to find andy i think is just so perfect it's so good now let's get into some franchises yeah uh, baby kicking us off with one that josh and i earlier in this very episode bad mouth this franchise but i don't care <laughs> i will always give credit when credit's due for a project and i think fast and furious absolutely did something right because it was very very personal for them that they get paul walker's send-off correct yes and yes even if you're not a fan of the fast and furious that stupid charlie Puth song will always make grown men cry because God, they nailed it. Like, I, I'm still very much worried that they'll bring back Paul Walker's character for Fast Furious at mm. some point, just because Vin Diesel's got this weird thing about we gotta keep going. It's for we gotta include everyone. But the way that they handled Brian in Fast and Furious, well, specifically Fast Seven, was so perfect. They didn't kill him off. He just gets to retire and live happily ever after with his family. While just mm-hmm. again bring it back to where it started with him driving side by side with Vin Diesel and they just go their separate ways. Like even as a non fast and furious fan, it's beautiful and incredibly well done. I'm just like, okay, you clearly put 
all your heart and passion and energy into this. And that is a hundred percent commendable. Uh, I have nothing negative to say about how they handle that. We've already talked about how brilliant the CGI is for yeah. Paul Walker's character because a human is incredibly difficult to do a CG. Uh, but I think they did the right thing for Fast 7. Now, including him in future movies, I think, is definitely a step too far. But closing out yeah, that no, chapter for that character, you, you really cannot do any better in terms of writing off the character in terms of everything that happened giving them a beautiful send off that the character can live on even when the actor hasn't. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, I have it on my list as well. Like it just, it was as someone who I really like the first one. Uh, I enjoy Tokyo, Tokyo drift quite a bit. Wow. Um, somebody did. I know. Right. Uh, I'm that guy. Uh, but that send off in seven is really good. It, it the CGI is immaculate. The, the emotional moments are, are fantastic. Uh, I love that. Yeah. Like you said, it's just, it was the perfect send off for that character in a way that they didn't have to kill them off, kill him off, uh, which I really appreciated because any way that you would kill that character off, off screen, that would have been almost more distasteful. Because, uh, like, what, you're going to have him crash off screen, and it's like, mm, that feels Yeah, gross. They're, they're stuck in a that. hard spot there. Yeah, they were. So, but with all that being said, fantastic way to, to send him off. Uh, next up, I see, I'm curious if I should put spoiler alert for this, just because it's still relatively recent, but not that recent, y'all. It came out in 2021. No time to die. Um hmm. I guess spoiler there if you care. I know it was divisive for some people, but I actually applaud the balls that it took to kill off James Bond mm -hmm. because Bond finds a way to get out of every situation. Do I love how they killed him off? Not necessarily because it felt like they didn't know how to do it and there was a bunch of ideas and so they just said, screw it, we'll do them all. He bleeds out while being poisoned and blown up. <laughs> like, pick one, guys. Just pick one and stick with it. Like, it's not that difficult. Um, Much has been made, and I don't think it's that big of a deal, but much has been made about the choice to have the Daniel Craig movies be an actual arc as opposed to episodic episode uh, episodic movies that can just be standalone, pick and choose individual like all the other James Bond movies before. You can just watch die another day or uh golden eye or the world is not enough and be totally can fine you can you <laughs> you probably can't watch die another day just because it's bad um yeah but they tried to make an actual arc for daniel craig's bond which i actually liked were all the movies good no i'd say about half of them weren't it all came down to no time to die whether it was going to be a tip tip the scale in Good favor or bad favor? Because Casino Royale, great. Quantum of Solace, that is a movie that was made. Skyfall, yes. my favorite Bond movie still to this day. I love Skyfall. Um, the, what's the, the octopus one? Um, Spectre? Spectre. That's a movie. <laughs> it was better than Quantum of Solace, but it just tried to do what Skyfall did, except not as good. And then No Time to Die, well, it's, I think... 
the weakest of the three that I like. It's still a decent movie, but also mm-hmm. they have the balls to give Bond a family. They tried new things with the General Craig one. They they, as much as people complain about Bond being a womanizer, and he definitely still is, especially in Skyfall. That's a little there's that that shower scene is icky. Um, especially yeah, after but you it's gave cool. this, <laughs> no, not after you gave the whole character's backstory of like everything she's been through. I'm going, uh, that's yeah, that, that, that that's right. um. <laughs> But they try new things, and it actually it felt earned when they do actually kill him off. It's not just like a, well, we're recasting anyway, so it's bomb the thing. It was like, <laughs> no, yeah. this actually makes sense for his arc. It does leave me with a whole lot of questions for the future of Bond of, so are we going to recast everybody? Or are we keeping Ray Fiennes as M? Like, it leaves me with a lot of questions. But in terms for the character, for Daniel Craig's incarnation of the character... It made sense that they killed him off. Also, I'm pretty sure he specifically requested to be like, hey, can you always kill me off? I don't care how you do it, but please kill me off. Slip my wrist if you want. I <laughs> don't it, care. Yeah. Make it definitive that I can't come back. Yeah, absolutely. Which Put my head on I a spike. Not, I don't care. <laughs> I have not seen No Time to Die yet, but then, then <laughs> again, I haven't, I haven't seen Spectre yet either. So there's that. Um, I Yeah, Daniel Craig is... He, he has proven that he is an incredible actor. Uh, and to be perfectly fair, I don't, for you people that has say that uh, you don't like the idea of the, the, you know, uh, James Bond having like all his movies being connected and there being an actual arc there instead of episodic screw you. Cause uh, guess what? These, these bond, all of these bond quantum of solace is better than 90% of all of the other bond movies. And it's easily, I see, I still enjoy it more. It's more rewatchable than Goldfinger. Like there's a lot of, to me, I think it is his movies are more entertaining in a way that is, and you know what? Maybe it's just because they're modern. I don't know. Josh but, hates yeah, old the, movies. The, I, unfortunately, I am coming to realize that. Watch <laughs> Twelve just, Angry Men. It's perfect. It is a perfect which movie. Is kind of, kind of, partly why like the the uh, the classics quarters videos have kind of like dipped off because it was like I realized, watch Twelve oh, no, Angry like, Men. It's a perfect I film. I just hate old movies. Oh no. <laughs> watch Twelve I, Angry Men and The Invisible Man. Yeah, okay. Okay, no, 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 I don't want to. A uh, hundred want... plus people die. <laughs> I want to. I want to watch Citizen Kane and be confused of why everyone thinks the ending is so good. Uh, <laughs> like, yeah, um, but yeah, love, 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 uh, love the Daniel Craig's Bond. Um, this one is of a series I'm not particularly high on. Um, How to Train I Dragon. It was, it, I thought it was good i think the ending is better than i think some people give it credit for dark night um, trilogy think, yeah no um that is a terrible send-off screw that movie um <laughs> i thought i'm putting it on this list just to screw with dude, you i would i would have literally ended the call right there i've been like no you could say whatever you want but rises is not a good send-off you don't want alfred in an italian cafe um but the the hunger game no, 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 no. The Hunger Games series, um, in with how we end, we send off Katniss. At, at, I know you're sure it is not a series that I'm particularly high on, but I like that. I really enjoy that at the end of Mockingjay Part Two, after the craziness that is that finale, um, 
she is finally Katniss is finally allowed peace and finally allowed uh, time to create a family to be feel love to actually feel things. Um, I will always be on team bread boy like that is it just makes more sense, especially after the finale. Um, I yeah, it's uh, have you have you watched the Mockingjay movies? I saw the first one and that was it. I actually, I honestly would encourage it. Encourage. You I heard to they got better after the first one. It, it is honestly like they. I'm not going to ever sit here and say it's one of my favorite series. Um, I think. I mean, I am a fan of Jennifer Lawrence, but that's not necessarily because of her acting. Um, but <laughs> there's. <laughs> oh man. Uh, but I don't blame you. J- her acting has uh, never Martin, impressed me. Ma- Nah, yeah. Mockingjay Part 2 uh, sends Katniss's character off in a really, really, really good, solid way that I am glad and actually kind of excited for this, uh, was it Snakes and Snakes and Birds, Snakes and Swallows uh, movie that's coming out. I, I, I the, it looks, the trailer looks cool. And I'm actually excited that they're going back in time instead of forward in time because I I, I, I would love to just let Katniss and 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 Peta just kind of do their thing. Peta. Um, Peta. Uh, but yeah, it's Mockingjay Part 2 ends better than I think sometimes that's some people give it credit for. Let's talk about uh, a much better beloved young adult book mm. series turned into movies. Harry Potter. Yeah, I was wondering when we were going to bring this up. God, this absolutely stuck the landing. Um, yeah. Again, we've talked about it on the podcast before. It is genuinely amazing, and I think I took for granted as a kid that there's eight Harry Potter movies, mm-hmm. and almost all of them are good to great. Even then, mm-hmm. if your worst movie is Harry Potter 7.1, you're doing something right, because all of these movies... I think are really, really good. I know for some reason people like poo poo on Chamber of Secrets. I didn't even know as a kid. I'm going Chamber of yeah, Secrets really is not that, that bad. Um it's just I don't know, it's really not that bad to me. But the way they stuck the landing, it just felt right. They did everything mm-hmm. right. And I remember sitting in the theater having read the book, wondering if they were actually going to do the nineteen years later, or if they were just gonna end it at the Battle of Hogwarts, you know, mm-hmm. while they're burying their dead. Uh but the fact that we get the nineteen years later, I'm going, This this is beautiful closure. Look, it's what Ron Weasley looks like nowadays. Um it's what, yeah, it's what Emma Watson break. looks like nowadays. Um it was just such beautiful closure. It felt like a finale, but these characters felt like they were going on their own next stage of life in a way that made sense. Uh, that being said, do I want to see a Cursed Child movie? Oh, heck no. Absolutely not. I think I think Cursed Child is where you can pinpoint exactly when J.K. Rowling started going off the rails and believing her own hype. Um, yeah. But as someone that loves and cherishes Harry Potter... You knew the finale was going to be big. It was all, can they stick the landing? And mm-hmm. for me, they absolutely did. And I think the last one is still my favorite movie, but the way that they send off the core three is just perfect. You end with the Hogwarts Express, just like you start with the first one. Um, there's something about franchises that last longer than 10 years, having this enormous weight to nail the landing. 
And if they don't, everyone chastises them forever. Rise of Skywalker. Um, but if you mm-hmm. do nail it, you will forever live on in, in infamy, as we'll talk about later. Yeah, absolutely. I uh, I also have Deathly uh, Deathly Hallows Part Two. Let's go, baby. Um, yeah, so good. Ending is so perfect. Uh, to the, it's so good to the point that I I even b- before Chris Child was a thing, I wanted to to go and like explore the world with with their kids like okay what does the wizarding world look like now what is you know what is the relationship and the d- dynamic between harry and draco now because they're literally like five feet away from each other in that scene and it's like okay cool so are do they hate each other does harry like under like that to me was so interesting and i would have loved to see more of that and and we got we did get more of it, but it's in Cursed Child, and Cursed Child is terrible. Um, so like it, I love that ending. I love how it ends, how it began on the platform of nine and three quarters. I love that the excitement of of in the kids' eyes. You can see that they they like Harry and 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 um oh my gosh, I feel so bad. I almost called him Rupert, like by his actual Ron? name and not his character. Yeah, I'd like, I I genuinely, Ron, I love Rupert. Ron, I think he's such a cool Ron dude. Beasley. <laughs> uh, Ron and, and Hermione. I love like seeing them, although the CGI is not exactly, the aging up on them is not particularly great um, in the scene at least. Uh, I just, it was so good to see these characters who we weren't sure for 10 years, if they were going to live or die every single year, they went to school Uh, and to see them actually have this opportunity at a peaceful existence was like, so perfect. We're probably closer now to the 19 years later part than the actual ending part of Harry Potter. Mm, I hate that. I, I hate don't that like so that. Much. I don't oh like gosh. that. I've got four left. How many more you got, Josh? I got three left. Perfect. I'll knock one out. Logan. Men cry. Oh, really? Okay, cool. I was going to save this for last. <laughs> oh, no. There's another one that we got to save for last. Logan. I was ready to cry when I saw this movie in theaters. I was not ready for how much I cried in Logan. Like, I was mm. okay for the most part. And then you had the stupid Wolverine clone go and kill Professor X, which we all kind of knew by Dude. the trailer that Professor X was going to die, but the way that they did it, I was just like, so this is what family is like. I'm going, you gave him the perfect day for his last day and he didn't even know to stop. It. <laughs> stop. Yeah, stop. Oh. Um, but obviously I was bawling my eyes out when Logan is dying in X-23's arms, but the moment that I was just like, nope, perfect movie. You will never convince me otherwise. It's when she's burying him, she picks up the cross and puts it on its mm. side to make the X, and you're just going, stop. this! You can't undo this. And I know some people were trying to show like a fake Deadpool stinger where he like digs up the grave and he takes out the body and goes, there's still money to be made. Like, no, don't ruin this literally (laughs) perfect ending to Logan. The character just gets sent off in the best possible way. We got one last berserker rage, which was glorious to see. Wolverine Mm. actually has something to fight for that's not creepy Jean Grey relationship. It was just chef's kiss. James Mangold is a phenomenal director. Oh, yeah. And it was, I think, 
some of the best, I would argue to this day, some of the best Hugh Jackman performance that we've gotten. Um, prisoners. I mean, I, I mean, other, maybe other than prisoners, but uh, that's also thinking about that. That's in comparison to some musicals and rom-coms. So I guess that's not necessarily fair. Um, although he's had some sci-fi stuff that he's done recently that I just haven't had a chance to check out yet. Uh, but yeah, his performance in Logan is fantastic. He, he is at his peak physically he is um literally giving his all uh in all of the stunts um the story is so good um that moment where uh professor x has a seizure and it kind of drops him and uh the other guy on on their feet and they can't necessarily do anything like gosh like seeing an old man who is one of the most like i shout out to to um Oh my gosh, Patrick Stewart. Yeah, Patrick Stewart. Gosh, I am. Ha- I've been having a bad, bad brain day today. So Josh uh, picked up wrestling again. He's got a couple more concussions yeah, to show you, for it. You, you might have thought so, honestly. Um, but the way that he, he's absolutely killing it, and I think you know what I think what makes Logan so good and such a great send off is that it's not just Hugh Jackman that is absolutely bringing their A game. I mean, even the kid that plays X twenty three is like. Honestly, killing Daphne it for a character Keen. who this is the only time we see we, we've ever seen her, and she's so good in this movie. Uh, there's there's really I don't think there's really anything anybody in this movie that is not just absolutely killing it. Honestly, I don't know. If, I'm sure this might be on Josh's list, and but we'll talk about it now because like Harry Potter, you get multiple good perfect endings for this, and you have to after three movies. Mm-hmm. Lord of the Rings. Literally, it's just yeah, I the yeah. greatest send off you could possibly have for I, everybody. I didn't have this on my on the list, um, partly because I wasn't sure how to contextualize it. Because at some point you have to be like, okay, which one? Which one is the quote unquote good send off? Which one is the ending? Because uh, you, the the you bow to no one is a quote unquote ending, but the send off is at the end is you know the next scene when Frodo goes to the gray to to the whatever the 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 place across the the waters, and then you know Sam finally finally shows him having you know getting married and having kids. They don't to my memory, and I, it's been a while since I've watched them. They don't really show what happens with uh, Pippin, Mary, and Pippin in those moments. No, at that they just kind of end back at Hobbiton. Yeah, and I felt like. Don't they do stuff like they become ambassadors or something or something like yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, if you especially they if become you, potheads. Uh, yeah, yeah. If you listen to their podcast, they like they go back and hang out with Aragorn until all three of them die and they all get buried alongside of each other. Which and is you know the, the guy Eowyn probably buried them. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. Unfortunately, which is that that is a great. I think I've sent it to you. The the whole moments where that they're they're like we've been trying to convince Vigo to let to to, to let us get buried alongside him because that'd be so funny. He's a hundred percent against it, but he's gonna die first before us anyway. So what he's what's he gonna do? Say no. <laughs> so, uh, but yes, the endings of of the Lord of the Rings series. He might be too old now, but God. If back in the day we could have got Vigo Mortensen as John Constantine, or you know Razagul, I think current day Vigo Mortensen, I kind of want Pa Kent. No, as like a younger, as a younger Pa Kent. 
Oh, there's a part of me that wants that a lot, actually. Oh, no. Uh, back up. All right. Anyway, let's get back to the endings anyway. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if I can see that. I got two more. How many? Okay. I think I they're probably the same ones, if we're honest. Probably. Um, uh, so let's talk about Avengers Endgame. Yeah. Um, okay. Obviously. Yeah. That's what I was going to talk but, about yeah, next is Avengers Endgame. Yeah. Because that is perfect. Uh, great send off to Tony. Great. That Regardless of how you feel about him. He that is finally a, died. A, he's. Well, yeah. <laughs> Bring uh, your comments to a, me, not Josh. <laughs> it'll it'll be a it is a great send off. Um, I think the cap one is absolutely perfect. And I hope that because of that. They never ever bring him back for anything. Uh, uh, same thing, kind of, kind of the same thing with Tony. Uh, they've done their time. It's okay. Like it's, I don't want to say do, done their time like it was prison or anything, but like they did their time. It's, it just it, the moments are so Im- impactful that if for them to kind of go back on it would feel really gross. I mean, it was like it was like in Loki when they showed the Infinity Stones as paperweights. It was like, but we just had 10 years worth of filmmaking that showed why these things were so important. Like that kind of feels cheap and gross. Uh, yeah. I get yeah, what they're going for, but it does not work. Yeah. It does not work at all. But yeah, which of the way that they send people off in Endgame, which one do you have a favorite of those? I initially was going to say Iron Man at just Iron Man, but the cap one is perfect too. Um, Black Widow sucked. Black Widow has to be the worst way to send off a character. But then again, yeah, you can really say Black Widow as her movie is her send off, which I'm going. That's still a sucky send off. Uh, I think Iron Man's just because it's it closes the loop so perfectly. Of this guy literally did start everything. Um, to say what you want about the character, that first Iron Man I still think is phenomenal. Um, but it's a perfect send off that he closes out what he essentially began. I and also people were kind of disappointed that we didn't get an end credits. I love that the end you just hear the metal clanging at the end of like mm-hmm. you don't need an extra scene. It's overkill. I know we talked about we wanted Galactus or something, but no, it, it works for how it is. My only criticism with the death of Iron Man has nothing to do with that scene itself. It's the fact that there's a deleted scene that they left on the cutting room floor that you can watch. Do you know what scene I'm talking about, Josh? I do not actually. So after Tony dies and everyone's gathered around him, you get a close up of Hawkeye who takes a knee and then slowly but surely every other member of the team takes a knee in remembrance of Tony and everyone else that died. But since Hawkeye was the one that did it first, it kind of felt like the writer's way of acknowledging uh, Black Widow's sacrifice as well, mm. like throwing her into the Which- equation. They definitely in Endgame sweep under the rug. Like it is absolutely. absolutely, it's absolutely one of those things that, and I I I don't want to get. I, this is not a, a slight against the Russos because what they accomplish with Endgame is huge. You're taking you know a decades worth of filmmaking and storytelling that <clears throat> was not planned out, uh, and tying it up in a pretty good bow. But it is an absolute travesty that you have this heartbreaking scene and that that is, you know, saying goodbye to one of the integral parts of the Marvel Universe. And it's I I want to say it's swept under the rug completely, but doesn't Clint and Wanda have that little like short discussion uh, 
it's like a very very Ish. short scene but it's almost like they're, and, ca- they're talking more about vision's death than yeah yeah than, than black widows like it's not helpful like no it's not it, it it was more or less to give Iron Man the shine and his passing and whatnot with the arc reactor and everything else. Uh, but yeah, I wish that deleted scene stayed in of like, let's actually mourn the people that we lost. Uh, I think that would have been a nice touch. But I think mm-hmm. people may disagree, but I think Cap and Iron Man both got the endings that those characters deserved. Like, yes. Cap, Iron Man's whole story up until that point was wanting to put a suit of armor around the world never wanting to take responsibility for his actions um, and always trying to improve the world through science instead of sometimes not meddling is the way to go whereas Captain America Mm -hmm. having a happy life was literally ripped away from him he never even had the choice it all comes down to Mm -hmm. choices Tony got to have his happy ending he got a family he got to have the time that he did with them whereas Steve never got that chance and also people are just like well, what about the ethics of him going back in time? Is he going to save JFK and 9-11 now? I'm going, no. let's not won. think about this too hard. He got a happy ending. Well, let's leave it there. Yeah, but but then again, also, like this is Captain America we're talking about. He's literally the only reason he's going back is to be with the, the woman of his of his dreams. Yes. And so I, I and also it's Cap, like that heart of gold, that good man. He is not like the guy that jumps on the grenade for, for everybody, regardless of, of his superpowers is not going to be like, cool. So I'm going to bet on the Mets this year to win the Back this, to feature like, two. Yeah. Like that doesn't do anything for him. I, I to me, at least like it, it just, it's such a perfect ending for him. And honestly, I was excited that, that when he handed the, the shield to Sam, I thought we were going with Bucky. I was so happy because I was, I, I, and I get that. I, I thought that too, but once he does it, I was like, you know what? Yeah. Like Bucky and they acknowledge it in the show later of like Bucky still has a lot to go to, to sort through. He has not had the opportunity to really deal with all those, you know, decades and decades of, become of being the winter soldier and not having any control over his autonomy um and i it's yeah it made sense and i was excited and i'm still excited to see what they do with sam as captain america um i thought the little bits and pieces that we got him in the finale of um, of falcon and, and the winter soldier is so good i was really excited that the changes that they're going to they've done with him and the what how versatile how much more versatile he is with the shield and the wings uh but that's that's a whole nother discussion the the send-off for cap i think for me is the best one of of the entire series um i think maybe runner up for uh uh, the movie i itself i have some issues with but wakanda forever does a really really Mm. good job of sending chadwick off i mean they do this the yeah. as good of a job as they can um being that they have no footage or anything like that so it, i i definitely up there with uh with some of the good send-offs i obviously i have issues with the movie itself but i th- they had a, a herculean task there <laughs> no no pun intended i guess uh th- that there was a lot they had to, to accomplish and to, for the most part they do in that as far as the send-off goes so obviously Lastly, for me, there's only going to be one option. Yeah. It has to be Toy Story 3. Like, yeah. I get that Toy Story 4 exists, and it 
ends Woody's story well enough. It's like an epilogue. But guys, it's pretty good, yeah. Toy Story 3 should be the template going forward to end your storytelling mm. because mm. it is so genuinely perfect. Uh, take everything with Woody and Buzz out. I A moment that doesn't get talked about nearly enough is I love that literally every one of the Toy Story people gets their time to shine. Like Andy giving mm-hmm. the toys to Bonnie, who, Bonnie, you suck. You completely neglected these toys, not even like a month later for your stupid technology, ungrateful little brat. Um, <laughs> but also, like, true to modern circumstances. <laughs> yeah, the idea of toys, it, it it is kind of a dated concept nowadays, unfortunately. Um, but the fact that all the main toys, not just Woody and Buzz, get time to shine of, like, here's mm-hmm. Bo Peep, which is a lamp. I've never understood why Bo Peep is considered a toy. She is literally made of porcelain. No, I know. She's not in Toy Story 3. That's the whole no, crux she's of... She's That's not. four. Screw that. Ignore what I'm saying. She's not in Toy Story 3. Uh, but you get, like, Rex has his own full scene. Uh, Mr. and Mrs. Potato Head get their full scene. The LGMs get their full scene. Like, it would have been so easy to be like, here are my toys, and here's Woody and Buzz. They're the most special, precious thing in the whole world, because the movies have always Mm -hmm. been about the relationship between Woody and Buzz. The first one, Woody is the main character, and it's coming to grips with a new friend. Toy Story 2, Buzz is the main character, and coming to grips with old friends that he never knew he had. And 3 is just about the family unit as a whole, and also... Mm -hmm. 100% 100% about empty nesters, which would be f- mm-hmm. more expanded upon in Toy Story 4. Um, but it's so many kids, myself included, are so protective of Toy Story because it holds such a special place in their hearts. So seeing a character, not abandoned, but send off these characters to someone else in a kind of scary move just like life is scary it definitely is part of the reason why it resonates so well with people because it's just this beautiful and perfect send-off of yeah it's a little scary i love the whole like andy is about to give woody to bonnie and then he pulls it back very briefly because we've all been there just like second yeah just like we've all been there just like i know it's the right thing to do but i i don't fully want to get rid of my past yet i'm not ready for that change in my life yet um but eventually giving him to her with the whole great speech of you got to be careful with this one he's the greatest most loyal friend in the world and the way that they build it up that they show all the toys then they show buzz and you know they're purposely saving woody for last because you know he is the crux of the whole franchise Mm -hmm. um balled my eyes out still do to this day but the one that broke me was after stan lee died then somebody mm-hmm. made this like meme of all the Marvel characters, Stanley giving the toys to Kevin Feige. And it's just like, and here's Iron Man. He's the strongest and the fastest. Here's Captain America. He's the bravest and the most loyal and true. And then they, the Woody is Spider-Man. And he goes, yes. and here's, here's my favorite. He means the most to me. So you got to be real careful with him. You got to protect him and keep him safe. I'm just going... Are you up for the task, Kevin? And then we saw No Way Home. I'm going, holy crap, you yeah, were up yeah. for the task. I'm yeah, sorry yeah. we doubted you. But Toy, <laughs> Toy Story 3 is in that rarefied air for me of a genuinely perfect movie. And I think a big part of that is the ending. Yeah, well, absolutely. And I, I, what, 
I think uh, there's a lot of people like me that three came out the year I graduated high school. Mm -hmm. So Andy, like in that movie, Andy was me. And that was definitely ended up being like one, like I went and saw it with my mom. So it was like the, one of the last moments her and I got to spend together with me still being a, like a teenager and stuff like that. So like it definitely hit hard emotionally because of that. But like, I've watched it again since and by God, like the, the scene, you, the, the scene you haven't brought up yet, which is fine, like as I get it, because everybody talks about it. But when they're they're about to be incinerated, and they instead of panicking, they all grasp hands and accept their fate. And I was just like, I, "This is a kids' movie, and I'm about to cry to see these toys get incinerated." Like, what in the world? And obviously, you know, the, the it, you know it doesn't happen. But like, for a good solid like three or four seconds, I was like. In They're the theater, actually like, going to kill the toys. Yeah, like I don't know how much longer this movie's going to be. So, th- 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 is this the end? Like, it's ah, so good. Um, I love that. One of my favorite things about it uh, in that movie is um, a lot of the conversations, like you said, about empty nest, uh, empty nesters, moving on in life, moving into that next phase. Um, but also, like there's these awesome conversations about autonomy and who I am, who I get to say, who, who I get to say I am and stuff like that with, uh, with Lotso and that whole conversation of like how trauma defines us and, and things like that. And just like, even like the small bits of fun that I I think we're kind of missing in the first two, which is crazy to say anything was missing. from The first two with uh, Jesse and Buzz being like a really like interesting couple that I didn't think I needed. And then once it happened, I was like, this is so great. I want more of this. Uh, Just there's so much that happens in three that is so perfect. Mr. Potato Head as a tortilla was something I never thought would be like the (laughs) comedy like gold that it is. But terrifying pigeons. Yes, and like that he's like a whole like he's a whole cucumber. Just like ooh, I'm thin now. Like that's ah, it's so good. Oh my, I love it so much. And like the like all the Barbie and Ken memes that have been you know done to death now because of that movie. They're so the way that the movie sends off those that batch of characters is as close to perfect as you're ever going to get. Uh, do you want to talk about four at all with how it sends off? Uh, uh, we uh, can. Wood. Um, so here's the thing. I still like four. Yeah. I was really high when it first came out of it, but as I really set back, I think it's definitely the weakest of the toy stories, primarily because it's trying to do too much. I think mm-hmm. like, you completely neutered Buzz in this movie. Like, Buzz has never been the sharpest, but you straight up made him an idiot in Toy Story 4. So I kind of hope. Yeah. I know we're getting Toy Story 5. I really don't want a Toy Story 5. Um, Toy Story 4, I know, had a lot of writing problems of, like, revisions and revisions and writers coming on and leaving. It was in development for a very long time, maybe because they knew they probably shouldn't have made it. Um, it feels like it's not as emotionally cathartic as it potentially could be. And I think it's just because they mm-hmm. don't really know where they're going with Woody for this one mm-hmm. of like, yeah, he wants to be with Bo Peep. Well, that was only really a storyline that you just kind of vaguely hinted at in Toy Story 3 to explain why she wasn't there. It wasn't yeah. like a, I'm going to abandon my whole family. It was, I get some people bring up parallels of Captain America 
and Woody of like they've been so loyal and devoted to one thing, one thing yeah. specifically that they've never been able to do what they actually want with their lives. Going, well, one of them is an actual person though, and one of them has a function yeah. as a toy. It's a little different. Uh, yeah. I think my big takeaway though was Toy Story Four. I wanted to ball my eyes out like I did with Toy Story Three, and I just never did like the goodbye mm-hmm. between Woody and Buzz should have hit harder than it actually did and it didn't hit me particularly hard and also yeah. the cast might have been too heavy like mm-hmm. I like I like Ducky and Bunny just fine they're great Key and Peel I will never complain about getting them in stuff I think they're vaguely blatantly there just to set up future stuff like mm-hmm. either have them and Woody like be the new cast and he more or less passes the torch and don't have the original characters as much as that sucks to say or stick with the original characters like don't try and yeah. serve two masters here it yeah no I four agree is the most visually beautiful because mm. it's it's the newest but also and it's it's one of those of only i think i care about this the original toy stories the first two and even the third one, are so ingrained into my brain because I've watched them so many times, and they have such a very specific art style, and by that I mean early 90s CGI Mm -hmm. art style, that as we progress, and especially Toy Story 4, the ultra-high definition, like, see everything, doesn't always work for me. Like, Mm -hmm. it kind of is off-putting of, like, how realistic some stuff stuff looks. Like, the toys look like toys in the original Toy Story. I think they look less like actual toys as the movies progress. Maybe there's a little bit of a disconnect there. Or it could just be me being older disconnecting with these movies. But 4 wasn't as good of a send-off as I was hoping for. It didn't ruin the legacy of 3, but it didn't add to the legacy, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, I'd agree. It, It is one of those, like, it's not a bad movie. And, you know, when you have three absolute bangers... Um, then yeah, like you're not going to be as good as those. And I, to my memory, and I've only seen it maybe once or twice, but they don't really explain what happened to Bo or why she was abandoned, I guess, uh, however you want to say that. Uh, and, and if maybe they were trying to hit it, hit another Jesse moment with her, but I, I just don't think it comes off very well. Uh, and as interesting as her being like this really, like, the character she is in four is so much more interesting than the character she is in one. Um, some I was, that's, that's a boat that Bo peep is someone, some one that I would love to see some shorts about, but like, it just doesn't hit. Like you said, it doesn't hit as hard as it probably could have or should have, especially when three was so perfect. So mm-hmm. it's, it's hard to get better than toy story three. Well, what do you guys think? What are some of the best movie send-offs of all times? This could be either characters dying or just walking away forever in their respective franchises or movies. What are your thoughts? Let us know down in the comments below. And as always, if you like what you see and you want to see more, subscribe to us wherever you get your podcast, whether it's iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or YouTube. And if you haven't already, subscribe to us on YouTube. Help us go to 1,000 subscribers. And as always, stay sharp, movie guys and gals.